From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I went to a wedding yesterday. Now, you were just mentioning um, you will go to weddings of, uh, you know, people you're close to or whatever. Absolutely. No problem. I I just hated that five of summertime. You know, back in my younger days. Yeah, when you get that period you go through where everybody's getting married. And too long. Um, Yeah, and they they vary a lot. In length, I was was talking to a guy at the wedding I went to yesterday about how I've been to um, uh, Catholic weddings. And I understand why you do this if you're, you're, you know, if you're Catholic and that's a a thing for your family, why you would do this. But they do a full-on mass at a lot of Catholic weddings. Mm -hmm. Full mass is part of the wedding, and it's three hours long. Yeah. Three full hours. <laughs> I I went to a Serbian Orthodox wedding thirty years ago that might still be going on. Yeah, a buddy of mine <laughs> snuck out from Ohio said he'd went to a Byzantine Catholic wedding oh. where they you put a crown on people's heads yes. and stuff like and that. You and walk he, around the altar three times and there's that sounds rooms that you step over. Yeah, but he and said I was, don't even remember. He said it was like a five hour ordeal though. Oh, it was astounding. Yeah. But you know, the the point of that, to a certain extent, is just to, to alert everyone: this is a big deal. This mm-hmm. is a really big deal. This is not just a you know quick throw off. Hey, this sounds like fun. This right. is a big deal. Right. So undoing it, it would be a big deal in the eyes of God. It's a big deal. Yeah. And then yeah, and in and in society's eyes, it's a big deal. Yeah. So I get that. But anyway, for uh, I was sitting at the wedding yesterday, this wedding, and I was thinking, why am I enjoying this wedding so much more on so many different levels? It is is it the my age. Um, I'm just older or whatever. Part of it was I, I know both the people involved. I've known them both for years. I knew them both before they ever got together. They're, uh, you knew them independently of yeah, each other? Okay. Yeah, and they're, and they're, they're older. Both, both have health problems and have the same neurologist. It's just everybody is 
so happy that they got together. Oh, that's nice. And it's just, it's so great for both of them. And just obviously, like, you know, if you believe in this sort of thing, God stepped in on these two people's lives and just made their lives much better than they were before. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Nice. I have been to weddings where, well, first of all, I've been to plenty of weddings where, I'm I'm with, I'm at the wedding because the person I'm with knows the people. Mm. So you don't even know the people. Nah. You oh. just you just have no rooting interest whatsoever. I hope everybody's happily married forever, but you know, I can toss that thought off in like ten seconds in my head. The rest of it is just I don't know who anybody is. Your only thought is, I hope I get back to my DVR before somebody says the score. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dad looks like a nice guy. I've never seen him before in my life. You, know, sure. I just, you don't know anybody. You don't know any place. Those are tough weddings to go to yeah. where you don't know anybody. And then I've been to weddings where I do know the people, but this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> this is a terrible <laughs> idea. I've been to ones where you shouldn't be marrying her, or she shouldn't be marrying you, or neither one of you should ever marry anybody. Right. And everybody knows it. Yeah, you're both idiots. Yeah, I've been to one of those. Yeah. Neither one of you should ever marry anyone. God, I didn't go to a wedding one time uh, because I it was kind of one of those, and I had the option, and I didn't go. And I really wish I had because a fight broke out where the maid of honor got in a fight with the bride. Wait a minute. Yes. Yeah, because it was her sister. She had her Wait sister a as a maid of honor. And they got in a fist fight. And I didn't go to that wedding. And I've regretted it my entire life. <laughs> that could have been the all-timer. Oh, yeah. Kapooyah, kapooyah. Oh, yeah, because as soon as they started throwing, then the guys got into it. Hey, you know, breaking it up. And then right. you pushed hey, me too hey, much. Hey, careful with her. Fight. Don't you touch her. It was a full-on brawl. Now, I'm sorry, at what point in the whole uh, rigmarole did the, the fist start flying? They were standing up there. At the altar? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Even better. I mean, drunken reception <laughs> brawl, excellent. I'm not running it down the, as entertainment. The bridesmaid. But at the altar, please. Her sister was pregnant, so there was obviously some concern about, you know... The health of the baby with a fist fight going on in a pregnant woman. Oh, but yeah. she had started the fight, if I remember correctly. The sister was the sister of the maid of honor? Yeah. yeah. So the pregnant sister's the maid of honor. And <laughs> she and the wife throw dogs? Was she and the bride throw dogs? Well, pregnant women can get a little, am I right? I've seen, I got nothing to say. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, so, anyway, so I missed that wedding. Oh, so I looked. Dang But it. this one I went to yesterday was just fantastic on every level. And everybody's happy. And it's just, it's a great idea. And I took uh, Sam. Uh, he's nine, and it's the first wedding he's ever been to, and I thought, that's too bad that that's the case, because I'd i been to a lot of weddings by the time I was his age. Part of it, I lived closer to family, so cousins and all those weddings that that, that he you know hasn't, mm. hasn't been part of yet. But it's, it's a good thing to experience. You see adults adulting and um, just... The, the, and uh, people having reverence for marriage. Which I think is nice. Sure, and yeah. and 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 fam, a reverence for family and friends, and just all of it. The whole thing is, mm-hmm. you know, got a lot of importance too. So I was excited that he was going to. So Henry, his brother, was going to go, and because of his uh, uh, emotional situation, and he's actually getting a medical procedure today, he uh, he ended up not being able to go. But he was planning on going. And uh, but he was really concerned about the kiss. He did not want to see the kiss. Oh, he boy. said, "I don't think I can handle watching them kiss." That's right. You just look down, son. Yeah. Just look down. It'll be fine. Because if, if my look wife... Look at your hands. If my, oh, that's interesting. If my wife, probably ought to cut my nails. <laughs> if my wife and I are hugging, he'll walk through the kitchen and say, oh, barf. He just he doesn't, <laughs> like, the, he doesn't like the public displays of affection. I'm almost like certain me and Henry could be really good friends. <laughs> but he said, I can't watch them kiss. And uh, so he ended up not going. Sam was oh. okay with the kitchen. He, yeah. said, he said, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I was okay. I watched. 
And uh, they did something I don't think I'd ever seen at a wedding before. They handed out lyrics to a song, mm. and then they came back up the aisle with that song playing, and everybody sang along. Wedding uh, karaoke? It was uh, Happy Together by the Turtles. And we all... Oh, that's kind of whimsical. And we all sang like it together, it. and I thought it was fantastic. We had the lyrics there, and that's I really nice. knew, I actually knew the words. But, uh, I mean, it's kooky, but... Having been a DJ, I knew oh, the words of the song. Remember me and you, <laughs> and you and me. Sure, of course. Have you been to a funeral yet? I remember at one point you disclosed that you'd never been to one, uh, shockingly late in life. I've, I've uh, been to one, my okay. uncle's, right. and that was, yeah, not that many years ago. Somehow I avoided funerals my whole life. Are you, you going to show up to yours? It's not up to me, is it? I don't know. It's for the living, yeah. as they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I expect there will be an airing of grievances. That will be, that'll be a big part of it. <laughs> there, there are going to be a lot of butts at mine. Listen, he was blanking, blanking, blanking but however, very generous fellow though. Can we all agree on that? Oh yeah, it's fairly generous. Yeah, it's somewhat generous. Yeah, exactly. Outside wedding couldn't have been a more perfect day. Oh, you, nice. you got to get lucky with an outside wedding because it could be too cold, too hot, too windy, too rainy, whatever. But we were underneath a tree and a, a bird pooped on. The old guy that was sitting next to Sam oh, no. at our table, I mean, like, really, oh. covered his mostly white shirt. No, in, no, uh, just, no. Just an unleashing. That's so gross. Yeah. And then then shortly thereafter, pooped on Sam <sighs> and his nice button-up shirt, which he's worn a button-down shirt like twice in his whole life. Right. And uh, this one had poop on it. But wow. wow. He took it in stride, had his hair slicked back, looking, looking good, my son. I was That's very right. happy. Every outdoor wedding should have a huntsman ready, <laughs> just in case. If there's a bird a crapping on the guests, employ the huntsman. Bluey, bluey. I would say we have these things. Now there's blood on the guests. We have these uh, reflective streamers we put in our orchard to keep the birds away. It scares them away from eating all your fruit. They ought to do that at weddings if you got trees. Put some of those in the tree to keep the birds away, at least just during the wedding, so people don't get pooped upon. Or... A huntsman. <laughs> we didn't stay for the meal, but you don't want to be enjoying your fish and salad and then there's a big guano right oh, in the middle of your plate. Oh, That's boy. not delicious. What do birds eat, too? They just sit. I'm, I'm seeking a doctor's diet, counsel. Yeah, mine a lot is, of Taco uh, Bell, yeah. Yeah. Oh, from what I can see. Is that right? Yeah. Is that, well, the seagulls, who descend on baseball stadiums. Can you imagine? Eating a little bit of hot dog, a couple of garlic fries. Oh, there's some chili in the rest of it. Yeah, it'll give you... Well, inconsistency. To to end on a better note, <laughs> what um, be better than when that? you're at a wedding for people that you like and you know they're both making a good decision, as if you know, as if we all know who's making a good decision is yeah. not. But but you you know you have it you you you're ha- they're happy you're happy for them it's just fantastic. I haven't been to that many of them in my life that were that where I knew everybody and it was very very cool. Is it distasteful to bet on the duration of the wedding? What if you keep it quiet? Everybody's thinking it at some wedding. The wedding or the marriage? The marriage, not the wedding. I'm sorry, the marriage. It's a funny mistake for me to make because I've always said it's not about the wedding, it's about the marriage. But what's the over-under? Four years. Let's all stay in touch. (laughs) I didn't make the line. That's just what the line is. (laughs) What are you taking? Don't look at me like that. (laughs) You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is F-Dub. Armstrong and Getty. So, Michelangelo revealed earlier in the show, you and your girlfriend spend how much on food per month? You're wondering where your money goes. As, well, it was 1200 is what we came up with. Yeah, that's $1,200 a month for two people, uh, which to me, maybe you're thinking, oh, that sounds about right. To me, that sounds crazy. Just crazy. I would hope to get by on a fourth of that, maybe? A third of that? Um, 
if I was if I was watching my uh, my dollars. But again, good for you for sitting down and doing this. Lots of people don't end, Indeed, up, com- yeah. end up completely broke and then want money from taxpayers to take care of their lives. So. Oh, well, we're yeah. changing that. We're going to drop it down. Well, yeah. there you go. little discipline. Uh, some texters joining in on whether or not that's reasonable. I have a family of seven, and we pay about $1,100 a month for food. Ooh. $1,200? That's what I spend for a family of five with three teenage boys who eat like horses. <laughs> My wife and I spend twice what Michael spends on dining out and groceries. Dining out probably being the key. I smiled at my wife when Jack said $100 per week and she made me get out of bed. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> and if you eat out, you can spend a lot of money. Well, yeah, if you have lots and lots of money and you're regularly e- eating you know, $150 dinners out, a bottle of wine or something like that, yeah, you can spend that in a hurry, but. Um, Michael, $1,200 a month could buy you 13 Costco macaroni and cheese tubs. That's 351 pounds of macaroni and cheese per month. A little over 10 pounds per day average. Take that in a multivitamin, you'll be fine. What are you doing? Take that in a multivitamin. (laughs) Mac and cheese in a multivitamin. Oh, God. It'd be great. We get the, uh, I guess we get this from Amazon. Comes in a big box. We get, we buy a bunch, I mean, bulk, the Cracker Barrel macaroni and cheese. Have you ever had Cracker Barrel's macaroni and cheese? So good. And it's practically free. You buy it in bulk. Yeah, there's a reason for that. And the kids like it. Uh, So, Michael, I'm single. I eat out about once per week and drink craft beer. My grocery and restaurant budget is $500 per month. This includes household supplies, not just food. So a number of people feeling like you're on the the upper end of spending at $1,200 a month. Did you figure out where that money's going? Sean came up with the idea of an itemized receipt. That'd be very fun for the show. If we could just, uh, oh, we could yeah. actually, maybe tomorrow you can bring in a receipt. You got any receipts there, Andy? I'm in check. Yeah, I'm going to check. Just bring in your scratch work that you were doing when you were trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, we'll go by item by item by item. The first of every month we enjoy as an appetizer the dish where you eat the brain of a live monkey. <laughs> there are only four chefs on earth who prepare it. Yeah. But and it that, is so delicious. And we'll then fly one in to do it. <laughs> Again, I feel I'm being mocked. So I left an hour early yesterday because yes. my son was having a medical procedure. I did not hear the fabulous final hour of the Armstrong and Getty show. Well, it, my tax plan is getting a lot of uh, a lot of support. It, it was born walking through Washington D.C. with my wife and daughter and her boyfriend, and uh, we were discussing taxes and government and that sort of thing. And and I was thinking about how much I pay in income tax, and I've been reasonably uh, successful in this business, so I pay a fair amount of tax. And I was thinking about... I don't think it's fair. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about, all right, let's see, how much do I pay? And it was specifically because we were walking across the Capitol lawn, one of those, like, triangle chunks of it. And I was thinking, I wonder what it, may, it costs to maintain this entire lawn around the Capitol for a year. And I thought, wow, I wonder if my taxes pay for this lawn. And then it occurred to me, instead of everybody having a vague notion of I pay taxes and it kind of wafts away and then it wafts through the government, then it wafts into various programs and and uses and people because the federal government is huge in terms of people. Everybody goes on a website and say you pay $50,000 in taxes or we'll say 75 because that could be a good federal salary. You go on a website and you punch in, I pay $75,000 in federal taxes. 
And you get a list of things to choose from that cost roughly $75,000. And that's what your taxes go to. And here's where it gets interesting. Say it's some guy in the Department of Labor, the special assistant to the undersecretary of the assistant undersecretary. Right. You're paying his salary. You can show up. Maybe not every day. Maybe there's rules like quarterly. You show up. You walk into the office. You stand in back of him and say, yo, hey, Jim. You're not doing much, and I'm paying your salary. He whirls around. Oh, my God, it's you, Joe. Um, well, I uh, you're looking at poor. <laughs> Why am I paying your salary? And you could berate them and make them do their job. Maybe I am paying for the upkeep of the capital on. Maybe I walk up, I say uh, to the guy, say, hey, there's an awful lot of crabgrass here. It's not very attractive. You guys treating it? You doing the weed and feed? They'd say, oh, hey, we're due to do that next week. I'd say, okay, as you were. Particularly on the employees, there would be a lot of them that you would think, you do what now? Well, right. And if you didn't do it, would anyone notice? Exactly. Maybe my taxes go to some Department of the Interior program that is duplicated in the Department of Labor and the Department of Parks or whatever, and there's almost no need for it whatsoever. I would take a personal interest in it. I would look into it. And I would I would be able to go to the news the newspapers the, the websites the news channels and say hey this is what all my taxes go to every year I click that box and so I got it uh, you know it would be my pet project and it's not doing anybody any good I think that could be incredibly compelling now as I pointed out yesterday it occurs to me it would take an enormous bureaucracy to run this program <laughs> which would probably cost hilarious you know two hundred billion dollars a year boy and for a lot of us it would be the left wheel on an F twenty eight. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 Although some of us might have bought a tank through the years or or a fighter jet. And you could go. Maybe you can even pose for a picture in the cockpit. Once Take, me a ride with it. Take me a ride in it. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. We're not allowed to do that, sir. It's my jet. Well, it's kind of your jet. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to leave now, sir. Can I at least sit in the tank turret? I don't know if that's what it's called. but <laughs> There'd be a, a jet? There'd no, be a tank. tank. Yeah. Those would be cool. Okay, I'm paying for this part of a tank, which we need tanks to protect the country, or a lot of various other things that you think, okay, well, this needs to happen. There'd be an awful lot of, you're paying the insurance for this 85-year-old guy who was a house member for a couple of terms back in the 70s. Right. That's what you paid for. And he was known to be crooked, but he resigned instead of being prosecuted. He didn't do anything, but he was a house member twice in Texas in the 70s, and now you're paying his insurance. Yeah. Or you might have a mile of interstate highway in North Dakota. You'd go up there, maybe visit it, take some pictures, stand at the side of the road berating drivers because it was your mile, but... Why did I even pick a house member? They they, they, they they have more value than somebody in some department you didn't even know existed. You're paying their pension. Yeah, yeah. But can Oof. you imagine if every taxpayer in America had a specific area that they scrutinized and appraised whether their tax dollars were being used productively and efficiently? Oh, what a beautiful world we would have. Unfortunately, it's impossible. So let's move along. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. If you could have dinner with any three writers throughout history, who would you have dinner with? To me, that's it's a symptom of our soft modern age. The question used to be one person you could have lunch with. Now they've expanded it to three, so you don't have to make tough choices. Now, if I'm going to permit the three-person rule, 
I insist it be three associated people, like Mo, Larry, and Curly. Tinkers, Evers, and Chance <laughs> for your baseball fans. Got to be the, got to be a trio. Jefferson, Hamilton, Adams, the Bee Gees. You know, something like that. Yeah. Before, well, before I kill this guy's uh, humor, because I've got more to say about this, but okay. I thought this particular author's, and it, I'd never heard of this guy, but I thought his answer was pretty good. Oh, cool. He said, I have a lot of issues with this question. I realize the purpose of the hypothetical is to reflect some deeper insight into the subject's ascetic sensibility, but I can't help but take it literally. (laughs) First of all, I have several friends who have written things, and I'd rather have dinner with three old friends than three famous strangers, regardless of how talented they were. Wow, so far so good. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that this proposed scenario involves the possibility of selecting guests who are dead or alive really forces my hand. It seems insane to pick any living person if dead people are eligible. There's no author alive who's a fraction as compelling as any dead garbage man. And there's no theoretical discussion about the craft of writing that would be half as interesting as what was it like to die? No freaking kidding. Well, this guy makes me look not literal and a pain in the ass. But it's true. Yeah. It is definitely true. Wow. So what were your last thoughts? What was it like to die to someone who could respond authoritatively to that query? The only problem is that dead people might not understand what was going on, why were they were suddenly alive, or why they were being forced to make conversation with some bozo at a dinner party. <laughs> right. <laughs> and why am I revived to talk to an author I've never heard of and not my loved ones? <laughs> they might just sit there and scream for two hours. <laughs> I don't know what this guy is or who he is. I want to read his stuff, though. But that is true. Ah! Well, you know, what is this? No, it's okay. You're alive. Ah! You're alive for two hours to attend this dinner party for me. Ah! And even if they didn't scream and they kept it together, I'm sure they'd be highly distracted. If I invite Edgar Allan Poe to dinner, it seems possible he'd spend the whole time expressing amazement over the restaurant's air conditioning. <laughs> right. Very true. Right. Um, I have this daydream, actually. I think I've mentioned it in the past. Just uh, I, Sometimes when I'm killing time, uh, and I try to do this instead of staring at my phone these days, I just daydream about something. One of my favorites is, like, uh, Ben Franklin. Great founding father, great political thinker, great scientist. All of a sudden appears in the modern day, and for some reason, I'm assigned to take him around. And I think about how I would explain, would explain various technical marvels to him. You know, like an airplane goes overhead. I mean, after he got done dropping WTFs, you know, I'd have to explain, because, listen, I'm a words guy, and I'm decent at that, but I am not an engineer. And so you've got this polymath genius. And I'm trying to explain to him, a jet engine, uh, Dr. Franklin, works... Hmm. The whirling blade sucks in air, and the shape of the engine makes it jet out so fast, the object goes forward. It's like when you let the air out of a balloon. Did you have balloons? You had balloons. Good, 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 good. So it's like the air coming out of a balloon. And, you know, he'd probably figure out I was a ninny pretty quickly, even though I know a hell of a lot more about technology than he does. That wouldn't last long. Why do you think it's such a common um, um, thought experiment of anyone you could have dinner with, dead or alive, or similar to the time machine going somewhere? Dinner table events. Well, the great... expand your imagination. The great oppressor is time, you know? Number one, it's undefeated, as Positive Sean often points out. You're restricted to your time on Earth, and there's just no escaping that. Right. There's just no mechanism for talking to somebody from a different time. And I just think that we really want to throw that uh, 
prison door open, you know, throw off that yoke. I think there's, it's a it's a deep question that's disguised as a fun thing, right? So it's that's a good that's a good way to put it. You can kind of learn a lot about somebody if you know if they, hey, what three people do you want to talk about? Well, or, and they say three, you know, kind of dull people. Okay, you're a dull person. You know, you you want to have boring meals. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, wow. it, at least there's the sense of this will be very revealing, whether or not it actually is or not. I think there's that weird, oh, this is a fun topic, but there's a lot of depth to it. Here's an idea for you. If you'd like to have no friends, here's what you do. You bring that up. You say, uh, you know, the classic is always, if you could have lunch with one person, you know, who would it be? Wait for your friend to answer. I'll I'll use positive Sean as my uh, victim. Who would it be in your case? Dead or alive? One or three? Dead dead or alive. One. One? Uh, uh, Philosopher David Hume. Wow, that's a good one. Sean, that's pretty good. I'm afraid you'd you'd really you'd bore David Hume. <laughs> I'm afraid there's nothing you could say that David Hume you would think enjoy. David Hume would accept your lunch invitation. I don't think I don't think that would go well for you. I think he would not be impressed. And no matter what answer any friend gives for the rest of your life, tell him that Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he had no patience for people who wasted his time. So maybe come up with someone different. What What's your answer? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I go back and forth and back and forth. It, it, I'm not sure you can pass up Jesus. Yeah, I'd go Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. That's pretty good. <sighs> what about Cooter from Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> Cooter from Dukes yeah. of Hazard. See, there's, there's an answer where you, you yeah. that's very revealing. Uh, and you know what? You and Cooter could probably, uh, you'd get along fine, Michael. I'll tell you, since you guys already picked Jesus, I would go for Timothy Leary. Why? Just because he wanted to drop acid? No, no, no. I had several conversations with Timothy Leary. He was fascinating. Yeah, I believe that. Absolutely amazing. I'd love to have another sit down. If you talk to somebody, uh, as this person pointed out jokingly, do do, do, do they get to describe their having died? I mean, anybody who's died would be more interesting than anybody that's ever been on Earth. Actually, if they get to describe the dying process and there's there's anything to it. Now, if they just say, I I don't know, it just ended. Well, I had and there was George, nothing else. The, the TV went off. Although you'd, yeah. although you'd have an answer of some sort. I was uh, going to mock Marshall for skipping from Jesus to Timothy Leary. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, I've often thought, like Lincoln or, um, uh, or, or George Washington. But, uh, you know, uh, George Washington was an incredibly disciplined military man. And I, uh, something tells me he would probably have fairly simple, direct things to say. And in terms of his dying, you say, yeah, I was really sick, and I fell asleep, and I just didn't wake up. Why the hell am I here, by the way? Leave my feet for a week. <laughs> well, I, I think many of right. us are hoping for something that happened after that. that ah. just, yeah. Oh! Oh! The greatest unanswered question that exists for all of humans through all of time. What happens when you die? No, we pretty much just wait around to be revived for a dinner party. <laughs> it's not heaven, it's not hell. Yeah. It's just there's a TV in the corner. and A waiter shows it's up. It's on too loud. They walk into a little waiting room that's got those booths like you're at uh, the diner or something like that, and they tell you, uh, you need to wait until somebody says they want to have dinner with you. Edgar Allan Poe, party of three. And <laughs> Poe. Right. Mr. Poe. You might yes, hear me for thousands of years before anybody decides they want to have dinner with you, dead or alive. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many answers to that question that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And none of them will ever come true. Although the any person living or dead, 
the living thing. I suppose you could become one of those obsessives who ends up going to the prom with Beyonce, you know, um, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, I really, really want to have uh, lunch with George Will. You might be able to stalk them into submission, I guess. Wait, just to finish that one. So anybody living? Do I have an answer for living? Several of the ideas, like George Will, you just mentioned, I interviewed him like two weeks ago. It's yeah, I've talked to him. Practically like times, having lunch yeah. with him, so. Who that I can't talk to now? I'd enjoy talking to Trump, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. If if I could get, I I there are a number. Almost any president I'd love to talk to if I could get completely honest answers out of him. For oh, some reason, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I'd like to ask Barack Obama about blank if he could answer it honestly, but nobody ever would because they right. got you know. I think you wouldn't want to taint your legacy. My current living person would probably be Malcolm Gladwell, just because I like the way his, good. his brain works, and I figured those, that conversation would be interesting no but, matter what we talked about. But we could probably arrange that if we really yeah, wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that's a, the, the living thing kind of, it's yeah. like, eh, I'm about, already here with these How people. about Xi Jinping? I don't speak Chinese. We can work that out. Google Translate. We would just stare at each other. Just to eat you, <laughs> take out your phone. So, you like oppressing people? When I saw it, it's not so bad. <laughs> I saw an interview with Kissinger the other day. He said she is a tough man. He is a very tough guy and an adversary we should not overlook. Have you ever noticed he always, 100% of the time, has that same sourpuss look on his face? He always has that same look like he smelled something foul. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is a hard ass among hard asses. I was going to say who, she or Kissinger? <laughs> well, <'Cause, laughs> oh, Kissinger was a delightful fellow. Uh, uh, no, Xi Jinping yeah. is, uh, yeah, I'd love to have heard that. I'd like to know more about the guy. He's uh, he's obviously brilliant. You get appointed president for life by a country of 1.4 billion people, you got to have something on the ball. If, come if, up with. if the truth serum... Angle is is a given, kind of like your oh, Barack thing. That yeah. that opens up a whole new list of possibilities. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. little, little OJ, hey Juice. I think I don't know. think there's any need for that. No, it might be fun to hear him say it. Right, right. Just have like a, my iPhone recording, and then I'd go viral on Twitter right. when I got the confession or something. <laughs> Unless his psychology is so broken, he doesn't know that he. That would him. be fascinating. Well, right. Yeah, right. Either way, it'd be great. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So I, I realized yesterday we were having dinner at my sister's house. Uh, she was hosting dinner. I have family in town, and uh, soon it will be our turn. But um, one of the things on the table was garlic bread. Like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. A nice loaf cut in half. You got some butter on there, some garlic, maybe a little, little other spice or something like that. And I realized garlic bread is the co-champion kryptonite food for me with pizza. And pizza has for decades been, famously, my kryptonite food. I can eat, well, I can eat absurd amounts of pizza, and I want it every single day. I realized (laughs) I will eat garlic bread until I get the feeling people have noticed how much I've had. (laughs) That's one of those I only stop out of embarrassment. Once you hear the whispers of, is that piece number seven? Yeah, right, right. exactly. What's he doing? Can you pass the garlic bread? Oh, it's gone. You'd like more? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I just stopped because I was ashamed. Love it so much, the butter. Good reason to stop. Butter and the garlic and the bread. I don't know butter. if I've ever eaten anything. I was like, that was too much garlic on that. I can't eat the garlic mix. It doesn't work. Doesn't agree with me. 
for unfortunately, I like the taste. Oh, taste wise, it's yeah. fine. Okay, right. gotcha. right. I remember one time you went to that stinking Rose restaurant. This is years and years ago, and and you came into the office after the show, and I had to leave. It was so terrible. Yeah. I mean, I realize it's not your fault, but it comes out of your pores. My body does not process garlic all the way around. Oh, it was That's a nightmare. Wow. Seriously, it was like I was in the room with a corpse. You become like a walking <laughs> clove of garlic. You're just oh, a, yeah. a vampire's worst nightmare. The smell was suffocating. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, my God. You know what I have been... I would give a week of flatulence would be better than a day of, like, super excessive garlic consumption. If your body chemistry, it's like the famous thing, which we're not going to discuss, but asparagus, some people's body chemistry reacts differently to garlic. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, hmm. You know what I've always been delighted with? It's so easy to make, and I can eat so many of them, corn on the cob. Corn (laughs) on the cob. But you can't can't do, but it'd be impossible to do yourself any harm. You could eat 100 ears of corn, and you wouldn't gain any weight. It's right. not going to hurt your digestion, really. You'll yeah. be fine. Oh, I've been, hell, hurt it. Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> like a goose. I've been experimenting with all kinds of toppings, you know, on various uh, various toppings. Bush- oh, you know, toppings. I, yeah. I respect that, but once you've Caramel. achieved perfection, which is <laughs> butter, salt, and pepper. Oh, a little cayenne. No, Put a little I, cayenne I, on top. I, again, I don't judge. You know? but, uh, I will. Anyway, oh, man, guacamole with a caramel glaze, <laughs> buttered beef. <laughs> but, buttered hey, beef. that might not be. I might try that. But anyway, I, I just love it when the uh, corn of the cob comes in season. Nice mm-hmm. raspberry glaze on top. Nah, I think that'd be too much. <laughs> My kids at seven and nine are in the they don't like anything stage of their eating as kids. We're just mm. they don't like anything. Suppressive. Just nothing. Is it? And it's they, just it's so tiring because you can't everything you make they don't want it they don't like it they complain about it it's just a, ah shut up. So every meal's a thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Every I meal. Sit. I've been working hard all day. I want to sit and eat. Every and you need to eat. Every meal is strife and challenge. Oh, oh boy. Wow. And nobody's happy. How much it of it is sucks. they don't like it? How much of it is it they don't like food or at least pretending that? How much is it they like asserting themselves? And they're learning to I never them. thought about that before. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's part of the development. Yeah, that could I don't be know. part of it, but kids just have such sensitive taste buds that Every flavor just is way more than with I an recognize adult. that, but I'm a big believer in that. If you're hungry enough, you'll eat a oh, lot yeah. of stuff. And my, my my wife thinks it's you know you'll get food issues, and she's against. I I say you don't eat anything between lunch and dinner, and right. you'll eat your freaking dinner. Right? Mm. They're but, not uh, refusing pudding, are they? No, no. Of course, they but, always manage to be uh, be okay with oh, cake or pudding oh, or something okay. like that. God dang it! It is. You're right. Every meal is a, is a, whatever you said discomfort of yeah, some sort. Right. It's just yeah. it's so draining. I just want to sit down and eat, and this happens to be delicious. By the way, you're lucky to have it. It's homemade. Whatever we're having right. that night. And, I, and I've been freaking banging my head against the wall all day long. I would like to just chill here and feed my face and not have an issue with you, youngster. Uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. I tell you what, the empty nest thing, uh, blessing and a curse, in that we can eat anything we want. Absolutely, you know, the, the, the whim, whatever whim, and nobody objects to it. On the other hand, you're cooking for two, and well, frozen pizza. <laughs> 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 uh, just, well, Sean and I know, though, it's even more difficult cooking for one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, mean, you're, when you're alone, and I did yeah. that for many, many years, it just, it just, 
It just seems so pointless to go through the whole yeah. getting groceries and right. they have a shelf life of how long they're good and then making some nasty. Right. Uh, my grill has helped me out a ton with that. Oh, just yeah. because oh, it's, yeah. it's no longer the, the pots and pans cleanup yep. thing that was a big part of the guillotine that was hanging over the, oh, don't mess up the kitchen thing. Right. But when you can just throw some meat on some fire and you don't really have any cleanup and then just scrape it off, which is fun in and of itself. Right. Like, I, you know, I cook up a, a big slab of meat and I'm good for a Do couple days. Do you have a side right. dish? You just eat the meat? Uh, I've got like canned beans and right. easy basic stuff yeah. like that. I yeah. would regularly just eat the one thing. Oh, the yeah. one thing I made. Just Did you ever do this? Uh, little D, my 19 year old, um, speaking to that point, she's, uh, until school starts again, she's renting a place with uh, three friends, and but she's the only one there. And so she's going to the grocery store because, you know, she's got a bit of an allowance, but not huge. And she's got to be thrifty. So, for instance, uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was, she made shrimp scampi. And she has like a dozen servings of shrimp scampi now wow. in the fridge and or freezer. So she's just eating shrimp scampi day after day. It was turkey burgers like All right. for a week and yeah. a half because she made those. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so she's, you know, it's kind of like you're a prisoner or something. But did you ever do that? <laughs> You'd actually go to the trouble and cook up a yeah. big batch of something, just have that day after day. I never really cooked anything, hardly. I did that with chili. Heating things up is about all I ever did. You know, speaking of chili, you know what I love now? I discovered this a while back. Chili and baked beans combined. You just throw them all in a big pot, heat them up. You got chili and beans combined for two or three days. When I was poor, I was big on coupons. You you can't even eat at the grocery store cheaper than five beef and cheddars from Arby's for $5. I would do that, and I'd be good for a couple of days for five bucks. You You can't eat cheaper than that. Yeah. That's like a whole meal. I think the healthiest thing. Yeah, luckily I don't have the I'm tired of eating this gene. Like I could <laughs> right. I could eat the same yeah, thing three times a day for a month. <laughs> As you did with the hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I was a big do, part of my I, I couldn't do that. Confidence yeah. that I could pull that off. Right. But in general, right. I can eat the same thing over and over again. I don't care. I just don't care. Can I get some garlic bread with that, please? <laughs> How many pieces do you think you had? Well, it's, it's mm, well, it was like a, a big loaf. And each slice was was the full half a loaf, and then I think somebody like sliced those in half at some point. But I don't know. It, it, unless you could see the size of the loaf, it doesn't mean much. But I had two and a half really large chunks of garlic bread, mm-hmm. and I would have had more. That probably doesn't fit in with the low carb the diet. I'm guessing. Uh uh-uh. uh No, not hardly. <laughs> But it just didn't matter to me. I was like a hungry beast. I was like a bear emerging from hybrid. I had no power over myself. Real delicious uh, macaroni salad as well. Too many, too many carbs. Um, I had a bit of that. It was good. It was very good. I thought about getting more, but I thought, no, I'd, you know, I thought, this is bad. You save room for the garlic bread. Right. I I more garlic. A little more garlic bread. <laughs> yeah. Mm, like a bear. Like a damn bear. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.